electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. I can tell you, consensus doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to make sure that you force people to go for synergies. You make sure that they adhere to the synergies. You spend time to explain to them why the synergies are important. If you leave them to themselves and you say it's consensual, nothing happens. And by the way, we saw it in the results of the companies. So... The three companies, Alliance disappeared, no longer works. And the three company, the growth has disappeared, profits are down. I'm finding a hard time to see any strategic direction. No more technological innovation coming, and no more. And on top of this, the line missed the unmissable, which is Fiat Chrysler. Didn't go with the lines, they go with PSA. But it's unbelievable. How can you lose that? How can you lose this huge opportunity to become the dominant player in this industry by developing ties with people who were eager to join you, who were totally complementary to their lines? Obviously, you're going to have 15 explanations telling you, you know what, it's because of gone, because, you know, this and that and that. Everything is on me now, okay? But it is unbelievable that this didn't happen. It's unbelievable. So, the, what I would like to say is, this is not a common case where you say, oh, Mr. Gohan, you know what, you know, he didn't, uh, and, and the media, sometimes they say, he didn't pay taxes, no taxes involved, you know, he hidden compensation. When I tell people I didn't receive any compensation, they are surprised. But the whole story has been put in a way to lead people to think something which is different from the reality. Okay, and it, I must admit, they are very good at it. This is probably the only way. This is the only thing on which they are good. Because on everything else, which is the raison sociale of a car maker, is to make good cars, sell a lot of them, develop the technology, see the car of the future, make a profit, make cash, pay a good dividend, and increase the shareholder. Yeah. They said, we want to turn the gone page. Well, they've been very successful. They turned the gone page. They turned the gone page because there is no more growth, there is no more increase of profit, there is no more strategic initiatives, there is no more technology, and there is no more alliance. What we see today is a masquerade of an alliance that obviously with all the people who are involved is not going to go anywhere. So that's why I'm telling you this is political. This is political. There is a lot of tentative to present it as a you know, common case of somebody who has crossed boundaries. No, there is no crossing of boundaries. I am innocent of all the charges, all of them. And I can prove it now because I start to have a lot of documents and there are many more documents to come. And that's what I wanted to say, to, uh, to say today. I left Japan because... I wanted justice. That's why I left Japan. 
I didn't run from justice. I want justice. Because justice is the only way I'm going to establish my reputation. And the only way what I've done during my life is going to be recognized to its value. And if I can't, don't get it in Japan, I'm going to get it somewhere else. Thank you for your attention. And um, now, uh, let me, before, uh, before we make the, we make the, the break, just final point, particularly for our Japanese friend. I was painted in the media in, in, in Japan, cold, greedy dictator. That's it. Everything is cold, greedy dictator. Cold saying, he doesn't like Japan. He doesn't like Japanese. He's a kind of mercenary here for the money. Strong. I like Japan. I like the people in Japan. I can tell you that for the many months where I was on bail, I was walking everywhere in Tokyo alone. I had no bodyguard. I went to restaurants. I went to movie. And people were greeting me. They were telling me, Gambate kudasai, Gonsan. They were saying, we're sorry about happening to you. We hope you continue to love Japan. This is the people on the street. Because the people on the street do not think one second that after celebrating this guy, this guy Jean, for 17 years, all of a sudden, he became a villain. They don't understand it. They don't believe it. They don't even understand the accusation. So, and when they say, I don't love Japan, let's make some history, a little bit of history. I, I revived Nissan. I went back. We crossed the financial crisis together. When the tsunami hit Japan, I was the first foreigner to come back to Japan, if you remember. I was the first one. Because it happened that I was in France on an executive committee. I was the first foreigner to come back in Japan when everybody was leaving Japan. And I was the first one to dare going to Iwaki plant, which was near Fukushima. Because in Fukushima, if you remember, you had the nuclear leaks. And nobody dared to go to Iwaki because of the nuclear leaks. I had to go by myself and call the suppliers and call the employees to say, we're going to rebuild the plant together. I have my kids in Japan, educated in Japan. I lived in Japan. I refused to abandon Nissan only because I cared about the country and they cared about the company. So I'm asking one question. I'm not cold toward Japan. I love Japan. Why Japan is paying me with evil for the good I think I've done to the country? I don't understand that. I profoundly don't understand that. Because I know Japanese people are not like this. The second thing is they're greedy. They say, I'm greedy. I'm greedy. In, 19, in 2009, Steve Ratner, who was Obama car czar. General Motors was down. Chrysler was down. He came to me and said, I talked to the president. We want you to become the CEO of General Motors. He, wrote, he has written this in his book. So I'm not telling you stories. You can, you can look at the book. And he was offering me a pay which was double my pay. I said, you know what? I understand your offer is very attractive. But a captain of a ship doesn't leave the ship when the ship is in difficulty. This is not a greedy guy talking. A greedy guy would say, sorry guys, this is business. I'm going to go for my own interest. And frankly, I made a mistake. I recognize it today. I should have offered. I should have accepted the offer. But I have my beliefs, and I offer, uh, and I followed my beliefs. Then, so this is about greedy. The third thing is about uh, dictator. Well, they discover I'm a dictator in 2018. For 2007, for 17 years, I'm a CEO of the company. I had 20 books. You have so many professors coming. I have so many 
cases in Harvard, Stanford, INSEAD, Asher, Waseda, KU, all of them coming, all the professors analyzing this. Nobody, nobody discovered I was a dictator? All these people who have made the analysis, have made all the cases, nobody had a doubt that I was a dictator? This whole thing, which was very elegantly fabricated, imposed on the Japanese public. But you know what? The public did not react in function of what they said. Because I told you, I didn't have a bodyguard. I walked in Japan all the time by myself or one of my kids. We have never been bothered by anybody. We have always been received very well in all the restaurants and the places that we have visited. But they tarnished my reputation in any... And in many other countries where the fact that you have power or you're supposed to have money, you're already guilty. Well, it was not the same treatment, as you know. We're going to stop here and make a, yeah, a small break. I can continue, but maybe... We're just going to do a break for those who want um, OJA translations. We're going to provide uh, some OJA translation. So please ask for it because Mr. Gunn will be answering questions asked in Arabic, in Arabic, questions in English, in English, and questions in French, in French. Thank you very much. And question in Portuguese, in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a dramatic press conference from uh, Carlos Ghosn, his first uh, public speaking engagement since uh, fleeing Japan. As he said, I didn't escape justice, I fled injustice, uh, as he speaks in Beirut, uh, to some applause, guys. Obviously, yeah. highlighting not just what he sees as a failure of the criminal justice system in Japan, but ridiculously uh, emphatic on the integration issues between Nissan and Renault. Well, it, it does feel like there is this guilt until proven innocent there. I mean... And the trial, goes, the trial goes on for so long, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're under house arrest forever. Yeah, in a sense, justifying his decision to flee and successfully do so, finding himself in Lebanon. The first time we've obviously heard from uh, the former CEO uh, since he was uh, charged, incarcerated for some time, then held under house arrest. But it was interesting. He obviously defending himself in all different ways with a detailed presentation that included documents with his signature and many others in terms of talking about what Japan alleged were these diverted funds that went to his accounts, trying to say, of course, that was not the case. And then, as Carl said, going into sort of questions about synergies and M&A and whether Chrysler and Fiat should have ever gotten together and why Fiat didn't get together with Renault. How about the job offer he got? From Steve Radner. Yeah. I mean, there were GM. I mean, there was a kind of a, it was a little bit rambling, but he basically told the story of, Amer- of, of Auto's ex Musk. Michelle Caruso Cabrera is there in Beirut. We're going to talk to her in a moment. Obviously, Phil LeBeau has been helping us follow the story ever since uh, he did flee. He didn't really want to talk about the logistics of how he got out of the country. I know, and that's what we wanted. Uh, some, I mean, prurient interest. That's prurient interest. That's where a lot of the drama has been centered. Uh, Phil LeBeau, you had a good uh, curtain raiser going into this press conference, but I'm not sure anybody could have predicted exactly what we heard just now. I, I thought that Carlos Ghosn was pretty much what we expected impassioned, pretty forceful, very forceful in many points, uh, showing the documents was effective. I think David's right. 
that when he started talking about whether or not the Nissan, uh, Renault, Mitsubishi Alliance should have also brought in Fiat Chrysler, whether or not he should have taken over as uh, CEO of General Motors, um, I think that because it started going off in some of those tangent areas, he might have lost uh, the effectiveness of uh, of what he was saying. But some of his quotes, I mean, he, when he said, I had a choice, I could die in Japan or I could prove my innocence somewhere else. I chose to go somewhere else. I mean, that says it right there. It was a very straightforward uh, comment from him about why he made the decision that he made. Now the question becomes... How much? How effective will this be, plus interviews that he may be doing in the weeks and months to come in rehabilitating his image, which, let's be honest, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what they're looking to sure. do here. All right, Phil, thank you for that. Uh, you see at the bottom of your screen, the president, meantime, is going to address the nation on Iran at 11 a.m. Eastern time. As you know by now, it's been a dramatic overnight session. Dow futures overnight were down as much as 400 points. Gold hit 1611. 10-year yield got down to 1.7. All of those have recovered, of course, as the U.S. reports no casualties in those uh, two Iranian attacks on military bases in Iraq where American troops are stationed. Uh, oil we're watching. We're going to get inventories later on today. We should mention the Boeing crash in Tehran, a 737-800, waiting for some more clarity on that. And then ADP, uh, 202 uh, in December. It's the best number since April. Did we have a 9 p.m. bear market? I mean, think about this. <coughs> Is it possibly that gold peaked last night? Oil's down. Is it possible that that was uh, a phony war, so to speak? Or is this the beginning of a new era where we're trading 24-7 and you just have to be around the clock watching? Because that was a tremendous move that occurred. But if you were to actually have just been watching, watching Jeopardy, you might have just not known that we had a bear market. Yeah, futures were down. 500 dramatically for a short period of time. And then as the word came that there were no casualties and then a hope seemed to come that perhaps it would result in a de-escalation rather than an escalation. Right, right. Although that still remains unclear. Well, but I mean, they did, uh, I mean, not that we should trust necessarily anybody, but you know, they did immediately come out and say, you've seen our response. Uh, we had to make a response based we'd seen our response. And I think the president's press conference is going to tell all. Uh, it's going to be hugely influential, the direction he wants to take this, right? Yeah. There's so many reports out today about does he want to take an off-ramp? Or uh, is how much risk premium is permanently now, at least in Brent, right? And he's such a wild card. I, I always find it amazing. Would anyone, should anyone really do anything between 9.30 and when we see that press conference? I mean, there's some bet, huge bets being made. Lenar, big housing stock, up big. Walgreens, very disappointing, down big. Constellation, really good beer numbers, up big. I mean, would, are these going to change at 11 when the president speaks? No. And Macy's actually having better comp store sales than had been anticipated. Right. That stock's showing a bit of life this morning. So there is some corporate news. But That's Nabith. When it that comes was not to Iran, better, it was Nabith. Which not as was bad as not fear. as bad as fear, right? Right. It's not good, but it's not as bad as fear. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's all right. No. And we'll get to some of the downgrades today, which there are a few. Oh uh, my! Valuation yeah. downgrades all over the place. Let's get to Michelle Cruiser Cabrera in the meantime and put this uh, Gone press conference into some perspective. Uh, good morning, Michelle. Uh, talk about what you saw firsthand and your reflections on what Gone said. What's not working? 
Well, first of all, he didn't give us any details about this international caper that he managed to mastermind, and I think the audience was disappointed about that, as expected. It was a lot about trying to vindicate himself and really try to try this case in public opinion, in the court of public opinion, rather than doing it in Japan, where he repeated over and over again, based on the way Japanese law works, that he doesn't think he would have gotten a fair trial. If I can tell you what's going on right now, they are uh, handing out translation uh, mechanisms for all the reporters here, because some of the questions are going to be in Arabic, some are going to be in French, some are going to be in Japanese, and they are providing translation for everyone here so that they can understand the questions, which will be helpful. Uh, and they've been yelling at everyone to sit down, but obviously there's so many people here and it's so crowded, it's been difficult for them to get it done. But Carlos Ghosn is um, actually still uh, speaking right now and asking everybody to sit down so that he can answer as many questions as possible. So um, we're still here and we'll bring you more after this all finishes. Uh, Michelle, any clarity on to what degree he will be free to travel in the future? Is he stuck in Lebanon forever? Uh, that's a very good question. I expect that that will be asked. Um, but we didn't have, and we didn't get any kind of uh, clarity from him on what his expectations are about his future and his ability to travel. But I'm sure that's something that will come up during the, the Q and A, Carl. Uh, which we which we will take a listen to in a moment uh, when that begins. Uh, and we'll be also, uh, guys, looking for some response out of uh, Nissan, executives that he basically accused of trying to derail his uh, his right to justice. Well, it, it does feel that, I don't want to call it a criminal enterprise, but what the heck was going on there? It's kind of a free fire zone. It seems like anybody wanted to do anything. You know, it's a big, a big worldwide company that obviously was uh, managed in a very sloppy way. Where's the, SC, the equivalent of the SEC well, he claims that all, everything that they allege was was false. He was I know, being but, framed. But uh, all right, as Nissan was trying to purge themselves of the influence of Renault. Well, I guess so. I mean, he also presented himself as a, a patriot, rebuild first to come back. And uh, I mean, look, I, you're listening to this man, and he's he's diverting a lot. Talked about his wife. Talked about the the actual. to watch. Certainly, it's something we've rarely seen. An executive of his stature, arrested in the first place, held for as long as he was, solitary for some time, unable to be in contact with his family, and then, of course, the amazingly daring escape. Let's listen in. No, I try to be as much as possible. It's okay. For you, I will do it. It's okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. مسيور غسان تاني سؤال مارلان خليفة هل بتعتقد هل وضعت استراتيجية دفاعية لألك وهل بتعتقد أنه دفاعك عن نفسك من لبنان بقوي موقفك أو بضعفه 
Okay. Uh, All right, so this is what happens when uh, your object of attention speaks three languages. <laughs> you don't know uh, in what language he's going to respond. We are going to try to get him when he does speak in English, but he's obviously addressing uh, constituencies all around the world. Yes, the world spellbound. And this is a very important figure. This is one of the most important industrials in the world. And it does seem like, you know, he's on the lamb. On the, and I just, this morning as I was watching, I thought if I were an executive watching this, can I, would, can I ever imagine myself climbing into an acoustic music equipment suitcase, right? Paying 30 yeah. million dollars. That's, that's, that's a high tolerance for risk. It, it, maybe it's auto executives. We got a guy dancing a jig in Shanghai. We got a guy crawling into a box. Auto used to be very staid. Perhaps not any longer. Yeah. No, it's different. It's the state people are out in uh, CES. Uh, listen, he feels like he was uh, uh, running for his life. Yeah. What does it say, Jim, that we are talking about this after the events of last night? I have, it's really going from the extreme macro down to, uh, so which essentially is a micro story. Well, I mean, it, it, look, the strange, Iran attacked the U.S. air base. Uh, we have a, pre, a bellicose president. And uh, the futures are acting like it was a positive. I mean, it is, the, the desperation to get into this market is extraordinary. It's frantic. They don't even wait until the opening bell to get in. They try to take advantage of every little bit to be able to get in. And remember, January under Trump in the NASDAQ has been extraordinary all three years. It's kind of, people said, I got to use this break to go buy NASDAQ. I mean, it's a little odd. Don't you think? It's, oh, it's And is all of that contingent on getting some good corporate guidance and commentary starting next Tuesday? I actually believe so. Uh, I had uh, Dinesh Paliwal last night, who's he on, uh, ran Harman uh, from CES, and the tailwinds from what's going on out there are extraordinary. The ADP number's great. I mean, it's almost like, okay, listen, unless oil goes higher and oil's down... Uh, just put that in the mat, in the geopolitical camp. It doesn't influence us. And I, 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 those of us who are older are saying, how is this possible? Younger people are saying, listen, didn't didn't impact oil. Why should we? The algos are fine. You know, Macy's is good. American Express gets approval uh, after years, what, 14 years, gets approval to do its business in China. Perhaps the most important thing that the Chinese have done in terms of making it so that we can have independence and ignore it. I think that that's huge. I think that You've that been came out of a little that. filing. You've been talking about that for a long time. I, I couldn't believe it. They did it. I mean, this is what the United States has been waiting for is some sense that we're allowed to have businesses that are not uh, co- you know, not partnered with bogus institutions. Chinese partners, the, yeah. the party, just the People's Bank of China, uh, they, they just released it in a social media post. Social media post. Um, President Salzburg is not going to address until 11 a.m. Right. Uh, so we're going to have to wait until then. But, By the way, we how haven't about this discussed China, this China application. I'm telling you, this important. is huge. China application for Americans plus support. We haven't even mentioned this tragic plane crash oh, as well geez. involving a Boeing 737-800. Very much unclear exactly what occurred. There were some early statements from the Iranians because it took off from Tehran, was headed for Ukraine, carrying 176 people, uh, all of whom perished. Um, plane was three years old, uh, we believe, delivered in 2016. Uh, it's a 737NG, sort of, not, it's not a MAX, but Cowan does cut today uh, Boeing to market perform on the MAX, 
which they think is going to hold back free cash flow to $15 a share this that, year. That's Kaivon Rumor. He's the axe in the stocks, most important. Uh, and he's still saying that there's good cash flow, uh, but not as much as thought. I actually thought it was pretty positive for all the, uh, the downgrade. And, and I think there's also a, a sense, and this is from Greg Smith, who's running the company now, not not right. Calhoun yet. Only for a handful more days. No, but I mean, there's, there's, a new, there's a new feeling of transparency. I think people feel comfortable with that. There's a lot of, people are getting a little more sanguine about it when you got two settlements from airlines that didn't cost Boeing a ton of money. I, I don't know, I find it kind of unbelievable that on a day when you have a crash and you have a downgrade, that Boeing is barely down. <laughs> That's the most important analyst saying, you know, I no longer have conviction. And it doesn't matter. Well, their target is 371. Uh, that's, again, out of Cowan. Right, On a day where Bamel also cuts Southwest to neutral. I know. He did, did admit that he got too bullish. Yeah, so that's kind of too a, early when they upped back in, uh, I think, November. Yeah, and that's, I mean, a lot of people felt that this thing would be behind them. This, the notion that the pilots have to do simulation, that is a repudiation of what Dennis Mullenberg had been saying. They're repudiating a lot at Boeing of Dennis Mullenberg. And uh, it's happening pretty quickly. And how about this this TikTok in the journal on how the board eventually turned on Mullenberg, really without his any warning to yeah. him, well, at least. Yeah, yeah, he was somewhat unaware of their yeah. their change. But uh, well, the rest happened. of us were aware, so it's kind of interesting. It is that he kind wasn't. of funny, isn't it, that he was unaware of something that perhaps we'd been given some signals towards yeah, for at least a couple of weeks. Three hundred twenty million other people were kind of waiting for it. Well, a lot of people were waiting for it, yeah. but he seemed to be somewhat secure in his position at that point. Meanwhile, I saw you wave to I saw you wave to Bill Ackman. I just I said hi to Bill noted, Ackman. Noted hedge ringing, fund manager. Bill Ackman ringing the bell after a very strong year for his. Uh, his flagship fund, but he's Howard Hughes, remember? Which I oh, that's I he loves on. Howard Hughes. Uh, the what a had wild enough day. Sale. He's the chairman uh, and oh, a significant friend. owner of the stock of Howard Hughes as well, so they're here doing the honors. A lot of, a lot of stuff did, happening. I did give a wave to Mr. Ackman. Well, I just saw that. I just yeah. see it. It's kind of interesting. On a day when, when the world has collapsed and then got rebuilt, you gave a high sign to Bill Ackman. Um, I, 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 yes, I greeted him. How about I me? So many of the other people here that I've known for my long career covering business. Yes. Look, we have an incredible, I mean, we have cybersecurity. Uh, oh, sorry. Go and speaking in English. Let's take a quick listen. Nick Kostov from the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Um, I'm curious as to what your plan is uh, now, because it seems to me it's going to be difficult to find a legal forum in which to clear your name. So how do you feel about the prospect of living out, you know, the rest of your life as an international fugitive? Is that the price to pay for getting out of Japan? Is is it worth it? Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, first, I am used to what you call Mission Impossible. I've been into many Mission Impossible. When I went in Japan in 1999, everybody told me, you know, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to make it. Who are you? You don't speak Japanese. You're coming from France. You're coming from Renault. Nobody knows that. And you know the story. I don't consider that now I'm in a situation where I cannot do anything. I can do a lot. And I want to clear my name. And I want to find the ways to make sure that the truth is going to come back. So today, yes, on the short term, I'm here. And by the way, I'm proud to be here because I'm surrounded by friends in Lebanon. I'm surrounded by people who respect me and who are proud of me, which really I needed after the ordeal I've been through. But I'm not going to just, you know... Uh, say, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do anything else. So you can expect me in the next weeks to take some initiative to tell you how I'm going to clear my name 
what kind of forum I'm going to be used to make sure that all the evidence are going to come to the table and that everything I've done be restored and everything which happened be put not into a propaganda system where I appeal as the cold, greedy dictator, but for why I have been is somebody who has been a very important actor in the car uh, in the car industry with everything I've done. My friend, yeah. Mr. Mr. Ross. No, 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 please. Okay, uh, CNN. Yes, please. BBC. Uh, Carlos Cohn, request CNN. Um, following on from my colleague's question, it's, it might seem to some that you've substituted a very small cell in Japan for a much larger one here in Lebanon, where you can't go anywhere, you can't leave the country, uh, you and your wife are both at risk. Would you go to France? Would you even risk getting on a plane to go to France, even though the minister there has said you would not be extradited? Yeah, well, uh, as you know, uh, there is a red notice uh, that the Japanese government has sent through Interpol. Uh, my lawyers say we can fight the red notice, and particularly we can eliminate the red notice if we can explain our case, particularly if it's considered as a political case. They are more competent than me to tell you what's going to happen. But obviously, first, I don't consider myself as a prisoner in Lebanon. I'm very happy to be here, I can tell you. And I prefer this prison to the one where I was before, as you can imagine. Uh, and particularly here, I'm with my friends, I'm with my family, my kids can come visit me, I can use the phone, I can use internet, I don't have followers, or the only followers I have, by the way, I didn't talk to you about the followers, I will probably, the only followers I have are people who want to talk to me or who want, who want something much nicer than I've been. So, uh, frankly, I don't feel at all unhappy in Lebanon, I'm ready to stay a long time in Lebanon, but please do not consider that I'm just accept this as it is, I'm going to fight because I have to clear my name, and this is something which is extremely important to me. I can't accept the fact that fabricating a story and lying about something at such a scale can win or can prevail. I can't accept it, particularly that this is my story. Mr. Gunn from the BBC. Okay, uh, okay, no, just one second. Yes, lady near. Yeah, near Richard. Near What's Richard. the point of having this? Yeah, can you give him? Well, can you give him a microphone, please? Is this the microphone? Yes, yes. I'm coming back to you. This is no. Please, the mic. go ahead. The question is, hi, Michelle Caruso Cabrera, CNBC. You said that you want Nissan to have autonomy. But autonomy needs to be earned. Yeah. It sounds like it's contradictory to me. Did you ever propose a merger, a full-on merger, between Nissan and Renault? I didn't. I proposed a holding company where you have one share for the lines. That means there is no more Renault share, Nissan share. There is one share, which is an aligned share. But you have a Nissan operation based in Japan, you have a Renault operation based in France, you keep the headquarters, but you have only one board. So you will have different headquarters, different brand, different executive committee, one board, one share. That's what I was proposing. So it was not a full merger, because in a full merger you have one headquarters, 
you have one board, you have one executive committee, which was not the case. So I was trying as much as possible to overcome the resistance coming from the Japanese to wanting to be very autonomous, and at the same time, from the other side, the willingness of the French to go for a full merger. So I thought that the holding company, the way I was presenting, was a very good balance between the wish of a full merger from one side and the desire for autonomy. But as you know, at the end of the day, one side said, why do we need all of this? Okay, let's get rid of him. And that's what happened, because today there is nothing. There is no holding, there is not even an alliance. We went backward, we didn't go forward, we went backward. BBC. Uh, Mr. Gohan, John Simpson from the BBC. Uh, two questions, if I may. Um, you say, and it's understandable, you don't want to cause a fuss between Lebanon and Japan, but it's clear that you say there's been a conspiracy. How high up in the Japanese system does that conspiracy go? Does it go up perhaps to the very top, would you, would you believe? Secondly, would you be prepared to stand trial in Lebanon for on the charges that you've been you've, that have been levelled against you? Okay. So on the first question, I mean, if you were not saying that you were from the BBC, from the two questions you asked, I would have guessed. You know. So for the first question, for the first question, uh, you said uh, I don't think I don't personally think that the top level was involved. If this is your question. I don't think, if you're talking about Abisan, I don't think Abisan was important. But, you know, again, I, I need to respect my own world to avoid any friction between the two countries. And I think this is my duty to make sure that, uh, you know, we don't create more tension than what, what may happen. So, so we're going to stop it. Now, the second question was about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would be ready to stand trial anywhere where I think I can have a fair trial. Anywhere. But the only reason for which, if, 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 if I was, if somebody could guarantee to me, which was not the case of my lawyers, when I asked my lawyers many times, and I will tell you that in Japan, will I have a fair trial? They were very embarrassed. They told me, we're going to do everything for you to have a fair trial. And they kept saying this to me, which worried me a lot. Because if my lawyer cannot even tell me, you're going to have a fair trial, I think Hironaka-san in his statement, or Takashi-san in his statement, they said, you know, even though he doesn't have a fair trial, we think he will be acquitted. Because, of the, because of the strength of the argument they have in hands. When you are in a position, you're not in your country, you don't speak the language. They, people tell you you're 99.4% conviction rate. Uh, estimate is all of this because you have the first trial, the appeal, and then eventually Supreme Court. Then the second trial, the appeal, Supreme Court. Five years. Five years estimate. No guarantee. Five years of trial. After this, a 99.4% of conviction rate. Oh, my God. That means I was seeing myself staying practically all my life in Japan. By the way, deprived from my wife because there was absolutely no sign they were going to release a ban from my wife. When I went, I, mean, I was not an expert of the Japanese system. When I went on bail, my lawyers told me, usually after two months, three months, if you respect all the conditions of the bail, which I did, they start to soften a little bit. You can start to use your phone, you can use your, you, you can use your uh, email at home, maybe you can see your wife. That's what they told me. Nine months later, 
Nothing was softened. Not one thing was softened. I was asking for the phone, for nothing at all. The judge kept saying, we're going to keep the same thing. And then what they told me is, we, you may not see your wife before the second trial starts. So my prospect was, I couldn't see Carol, I couldn't talk to Carol for another one year and a half. For what? Tampering evidence? But I have plenty of people visiting me, I could temper evidence with anybody. With anybody. And by the way, I left Japan, even though I had followers behind me, camera in the house, no telephone, etc. So if I was intending to do something, I would have done it. Anyway, so this was persecution. This was persecution, it was obvious. And because I felt this persecution, and no hope, and you have this bombarding of the villain, unfortunately supported outside, supported outside, I decided to take the risk. Because, because I wanted justice. And now, and now, I can tell you, the first forum where I can express myself in front of the justice, which is not biased, I'll go for it. Monsieur Gohner, Christophe Lacubizine. Mr. I'm sorry. Guys, we are losing a lot of time. We are losing a lot of time. We're losing a lot of time. Okay. Now, question, Japan. No. See, Japan. Uh, Ma'am, I, I don't think, I don't know if it's easier or more difficult or anything else. Well, I choose Lebanon because I'm Lebanese. I'm Lebanese. I could have chosen. Yeah, I'm Brazilian also. I could have chosen uh, uh, Brazil. I can choose France. But I choose Lebanon for consideration which are more logistical than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's Mr. go here. Yeah. Yeah, please. Go ahead. from Reuters. Can I, can I go ahead? Samia from Reuters. I just want to ask you, the Japanese prosecutors are still saying and pushing for you to be extradited. Do you have assurances from the Lebanese president and government that you won't be extradited and you're safe in Lebanon? Uh, no, I have no assurance of anybody, uh, I, but I think there are precedent and there are laws, and I trust, I, I trust that the laws existing in Lebanon will be implemented. I have no reason to doubt, uh, to doubt that. So here I am confident that uh, you know, the existing practices and uh, the laws will be respected in Lebanon, and I think this is what I heard from all the officials in Lebanon. So now Japan, question to Japan. Japanese question, please, go ahead. You have the mic. You have the mic. Oh, this is TV Tokyo. TV Tokyo. Who is TV Tokyo? TV Tokyo. TV Tokyo. TV Tokyo. Yeah. TV Tokyo. TV Tokyo. TV Tokyo. Speaking English. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, well, if not, you are not going to have an answer. <laughs> okay. um, you are a respect, respected CEO in Japan, mm, but you broke Japanese law to be here. Isn't it wrong? Um, please let the Japanese people know you are sought. My what? Um, broke. Ah, my thought, my thought, my thought. Yeah, okay. your thought. Yeah. yeah. I will. Yeah, to Japanese people. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, uh, you know, again, let, let's go back to your question. Uh, as you said, I was, and I still think I am, for at least part of the population, a respected businessman in, uh, in, in Japan. And I remember I had many meetings with the press 
and the press even which is not very favorable to me, who told me nobody contests the fact that you have revived Nissan, nobody contests the fact you have done good things in Japan because all the other CEOs were following some of the practices that you introduced in 1999, etc. Nobody contests that. Okay? But you need to defend these charges. Okay? You have charges against you, you need to defend them, which is exactly what I want to do. But how can I defend myself if I am denied justice? If I'm denied the tool to defend myself, how can I defend myself? Yeah, I mean, obviously, breaking the law in Japan because I got out of Japan is a problem. But don't you think it's a problem that the prosecutor broke 10 laws in Japan following my... And nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, they broke the law. I mean, you know very well that there is a law in Japan saying the prosecutor cannot leak. You know that, okay? You know that. But you know they leak. Everybody tells you they leak. All the journalists come tell me, you know, we heard this from the prosecutor. Okay, they're breaking the law. But nobody cares. So why me breaking the law is a problem when the prosecutor breaking 10 laws is not a problem and nobody cares? So at a certain point in time when you are in a situation where the only guy you have to respect the law and everybody else doesn't respect the law and nobody cares, you say it's a rigged system. It's a rigged system. And I don't think, and frankly, I don't think Japan deserves that. I don't think Japanese people are like that. As I told you, I like Japan. I like Japanese people. I spent 17 years. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I'm telling you. What I regret is specific nomination I've done inside the company because at the end of the day, I was damn wrong on the people. I regret that. But the Japanese people have been good to me. And my intention is not to hurt Japan or to hurt the Japanese people. But, but why, 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 why am I being paid with the evil? Why? What did I do? Remarkable press conference from uh, Carlos Ghosn continues, saying he's ready to stay in Lebanon for a long time, uh, does not consider himself a prisoner, but has no assurance uh, that he won't be extradited eventually. Uh, says he uh, will see in the coming weeks more evidence of, uh, as he attempts to clear his name, uh, answers Michelle's question, says he proposed a, a holding company for the alliance, not necessarily a merger. Uh, but uh, whatever you think of Carlos Ghosn, he is not hiding behind counsel. He's not issuing prepackaged press releases. He's taking every question. And he, did, he didn't implicate the top of, of, of Japan. I thought he might implicate Abe. But no, because it does seem like a vast conspiracy against this man. That's but it did he not seemed to be way. alleging, but he wouldn't go there. No. Um, it, interesting morning, of course, watching uh, Mr. Gohm, uh, this incredible story. At the same time, of course, we're keeping an eye on the markets, given... What was going on yesterday around 6 o'clock with right. uh, missiles flying from Iran at uh, a couple of air bases based in Iraq? Thankfully, it appears no casualties. Right. Futures look down enormously, only to reverse. And now we have the S&P up 0.21%, uh, guys. Speaking of auto stocks, by the way, Tesla's gone parabolic in yes. a handful of trading days we've had so yes. far this year, up 12.5%. 27% of the float is still short. I mean, it's... It's dangerous if they earn five, six dollars a share next year. Uh, GM, by the way, said that the, their numbers are going to be down 15 percent in China. Do you know that China's numbers for autos are going to be up? I question whether China, even as they just granted American Express that right of way, whether China doesn't want. I think China doesn't want GM to be as powerful as it is. Three million cars. I think. I don't think they want them to sell that many cars next year. Yeah, well, they've got a few of their own manufacturers. That's right, they do. Uh, we do want to take uh, one last uh, peek into what Gone is telling these reporters. Take a listen. It's already full. 
If I had all the Japanese media here, it would not have been possible. But, but I'm not running from them. Uh, and I'm counting on you to carry the message. Monsieur Goldman, Christophe, Christophe Jacubizine de BFM Business, vous nous avez dit qu'il y avait deux raisons pour que toute affaire commence. La première, c'était les performances moins, moins bonnes de, de Nissan. La deuxième, c'est le droit de vote double instauré par l'État français en 2015. Est-ce que vous tenez responsable, ministre de l'économie de l'époque, de l'avoir institué Je rappelle qu'il s'appelait à l'époque Emmanuel Macron. Oui. Non, euh, je, 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 je suis navré, mais vous avez mal compris ce que je voulais dire. Le premier élément que j'ai dit, bien sûr, c'est le déclin de la France. Nous voulons prêter attention à ce qu'il dit, mais évidemment, il est en train de French and English, uh, but uh, the commentary continues, and this is not the last we've heard from him, that's for sure, as he uh, vows to pr continue to present evidence over the next uh, several weeks. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be watching the story. I mean, it's a mix between corporate management and international intrigue at this point. Yeah, in the meantime, when, you know, the things that I'm looking at, what are the leaders in this market? Lenar, because they had great numbers. Uh, D.R. Horton, largest home builder. Pulte Home, going to report tomorrow, be careful. Uh, Macy's, Limit, um, L Brands, Copry, big short squeeze in Macy's. They have a giant February meeting. Pay close attention to Nordstrom. I think that's going to be the biggest upside surprise. What is this about? Employment. Employment is so strong in this country that we tend to want to, we, you know, we listen to go and we can focus on uh, the air bases that were attacked, but you can keep coming back to employment to, to try to figure out what's going to happen with our market. And I think it's incredible. Uh, Macy's numbers are pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Yes. Core comps for November, December up six tenths. Recall back in Q3 they were down three five, so they're already pacing ahead of what as an analysts are expecting for uh, fiscal Q4. Yeah, and Jeff's saying to me uh, they're getting out of look. They're in most. They're getting back into the A and B malls. Those who are in the A and B malls are doing quite well versus comparisons. Not as bad as feared is the way I would look at that. Can I just mention one other thing I thought was really important? The American Cancer Society said that one-year decline... Unbelievable. Uh, These numbers are insane. Thank you, because I just think this is huge. The, the death rate from prostate cancer, breast cancer, all kinds of... of Melanoma, actually, yeah. where they've really taken, uh, thankfully, uh, taken such strides as a result of uh, Updevo, right. Keytruda, any number of other therapies for melanoma. I think an yeah, over 6% decrease. So I'm going out next week to the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. It's, it's technology. It's these great American companies, the Bristol Myers, it's America, well, it's but also this targeted immunotherapy. Targeted and yes, also targeted um, decline in smoking. And lung cancer, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. has been a longer-term trend as this, smoking has, has slowed uh, dramatically. Of course, you brought up vaping many, many times. Right. Now, you see Walgreens de-emphasizing vaping. It did hurt the front of the store. They're getting hurt cigarettes, getting hurt vaping. Let's talk a bit about Walgreens for a second, because the stock is down almost 6%. It's been in the news a bit, remember, this effort that may or may not have been undertaken to some extent, at least to investigate the idea of could they possibly take this company private. Oh, yeah. As its market cap continues to decline, perhaps <laughs> that becomes less of a long shot, although I think it still is. But uh, why is the stock down uh, today, Jim? Well, the numbers both in the front of the store and back of the store were, were alarming. I mean, alarming versus what expectations were. I'm kind of shocked that they could be this bad. I mean, they are... Uh, they're poorly run, but to say that they're poorly run makes, I mean, CVS is down. CVS is going to, you know, the comparison is going to crush them. Most retail is doing quite well. The pharmacy is bad. Front of the store doing uh, hurt by Am uh, Amazon. And no, I keep thinking about them for their fabulous uh, one-point alliance with Theranos. Right. 
Actually, there was. Harry's book? Yeah, Wall was. I mean, Wall what is the due diligence that they're doing? What kind of, how is that company being, this is a gigantic company, it's a Dow stock. They Man. cannot shoot straight. Stefano Piscina, uh, the 77 or so year old CEO, yeah. multi-billionaire, uh, owns a great deal of the stock. I mean, it's not as though he's not invested in the success of I this know, thing. but get some professionals in. Really? 95 cents versus what we're looking for, dollar eighteen. Retail pharmacy comps, 1.6%. We're looking for 5.3%. I mean, this is the most colossal miss in retail. It's rather amazing, particularly on a day when Macy's is better. And like I said, again, I think Nordstrom is the winner. That's the one you're going to see really nice numbers. These guys are just, I think Amazon's killing that score. Interesting. Uh, we mentioned some of the downgrades today. We mentioned uh, Bamel cutting Southwest, but Cowan cuts Yum. Right. Uh, Bamel cuts Cisco. Bamel cuts FireEye after uh, an upgrade, upgrade out of yesterday. Uh, SunTrust yesterday. They didn't like Palo Alto, too, and I think Nikesh Aurora is going to disagree with that CEO. Uh, some of these downgrades are really uh, like the Pizza Hut part of Yum is doing quite poorly. And it's amazing because the rest of Yum is doing well. Not sure what they can do. Yeah, their point is that Taco Bell won't, will not command the narrative the way the underperforming Pizza Hut will. Isn't that something? Pizza's been you know, is historically a growth market, but it's also Pizza's been hurt by delivery and the huge amount of venture capital money that's going into. Oh, I loved your tweet deliver. this morning about Uber Eats. Oh. They, they got to sell this, what you call it, a ridiculous business? Yes, uh, I mean, 50% of the, uh, of the parts of Uber Eats are bad, and it's causing the whole thing to kind of be, a, uh, a, a, let's just say, ill-advised. If they sold Uber Eats to Grubhub, okay, Grubhub would go up 25 30%, and Uber Eats would go up big. And, you know, Dara's got to— Not Uber Eats, Uber would I mean, go Uber. Up because you, Dara's has to wake up— and, they would take, they would actually have an ownership position. Yeah, and the that. worst part of their business is— is Uber Eats. Well, it's the money they're spending in certain markets that are extremely competitive. Yes. We've brought this up many times, but they have, and they've made the point as well in their conference. Well, what's a sacred cow? There's no sacred cows. Well, Come on. Some, I mean, listen, you can't argue that the investing the way they need to now to make sure that they're number one in certain markets will result in profits and growth eventually. They don't believe ecosystem. That. It's an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. It's an, e- it's an ecosystem. I like it. David just came up with it. Oh, my. David, you just, this is my lead for Mad Money. It's not about ecosystem. It's about ecosystem, <laughs> including Carlos Ghosn. This, he's developed an incredible ecosystem. You, did you do it on purpose? That may be the smartest thing you've ever said in the eight years we've worked together. No kidding. It's an ecosystem. I count every one of those days as a blessing. Right. But with Apple, it's an ecosystem, I assume, right? Yes. Yes. Did you see the numbers on the App Store? Up 16 year on year between uh, November, December, I think? I got the, the, I have the Pro, the iPad Pro. Uh, I just bought for my wife, we forget, the Mac, the Mac Air, 1600 bucks. I mean, she's just like, this is the greatest machine ever. I mean, she's, no. she's just, this is, uh, this is the holy grail. I mean, that store where I, I had brought a lot of trouble in the stores, I communicated that to Apple, uh, meaning that, you know, when you have stores that are too crowded and they ask you to wait here and wait there, that's a high-quality problem. People go to those stores and they buy. They do not browse. They buy. Let's get to uh, Phil LeBeau here, get some uh, reflections on what Carlos Ghosn has told us he's speaking in French at the moment, but uh, yeah. Phil talked a lot about um, his status in Beirut and the information that he says we're going to get in the next several weeks. Well, yeah. Now, now he's on full attack mode, and we can expect this, and we were expecting this, that once he got out that he was going to come uh, to this press conference ready to fight. 
And that is what he did. Now, some could argue this has been long-winded. You showed some documents there. It's too much for people to digest. They really just want to hear about how you got out of the country. I think Carlos Ghosn's approach is it may be too much information, but I've got to talk, and I'm not going to shut up because I haven't been able to talk since November of 2018. So I think this is the beginning of a very forceful and consistent effort from Carlos Ghosn and his handlers. He's got a a crisis management firm that he's working with. He's got lawyers. You can bet that they will be making a very forceful case in the court of public opinion over the next certainly several weeks, if not several months. Uh, He did say he thought he could get a a fair trial uh, virtually anywhere in the world. What, What do we think he wants other than, what, a declaration of innocence in Japan? And he's not going to get that, Carl. I mean, I'd be stunned if Japan would, would drop the charges. I think at a minimum, they always keep those charges out there. Now, he said they could possibly fight the red notice, uh, which would be interesting if Japan would, would pull that back from Interpol. Um, but I think that Japan, they've got egg on their face on this, big time. I would be stunned if Japan outright drops the charges at some point. I think they're going to keep these out there. I think their feeling is, you know what? You've really pulled one over on us. We're not going to make it easy for you. Uh, while we have you, Phil, I want to get your thoughts on the Boeing crash in Tehran, yeah. the 737-8. NTSB now on the wire saying that they are uh, working with state and other agencies to figure out what to do next, uh, monitoring developments. Obviously, international crashes, especially in a country like Iran, uh, pose more difficulties. What should we be thinking here? Well, it's interesting. This plane was in the air for, what, less than two minutes I mean, it's sort of weird circumstances that it came down in less than two minutes. Ukrainian airlines uh, out with a statement that given the experience of the crew, they highly doubt that pilot error played a role in this crash. Now, it's too early to know if there was something mechanical that caused this. I should point out, and and I was just talking with somebody who made a great point to me on the phone, someone in the uh, a veteran of the uh, airline industry. They said 99% of the time when people come out with initial conclusions after a crash, it's wrong. Phil LeBeau, uh, let's return to Carlos Ghosn. Talk about it, but just a little bit. But let's start with Renault FCA, please. Uh, this is a very Italian question. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. No. Uh, uh, I, I, I had contact with, uh, with FCA. Uh, I, uh, we had a, a lot of understanding. We had a very good uh, dialogue. Uh, unfortunately, I was arrested uh, before we could come to a conclusion. Uh, but the conclusion was not very far. Uh, I had a planned meeting in January for a, a kind of final conclusion of the deal. In January, I was in the detention center of Kosuge. And as you know, uh, this deal went on, but unfortunately did not happen to Renault. And I, I think it's a... It's a, it's a big waste for Renault. It's a big, I think it's a great opportunity for PSA, but it's a great waste for Renault. That's what I'm saying. Maris Burgo pour uh, France hi. Télévisions. France Télévisions, oui. Monsieur Gaune, vous avez dit vous-même que vous avez pris un grand risque en, en, en quittant euh, le Japon. Est-ce que vous pouvez nous dire quel sentiment vous avez eu euh, au moment où vous, avez, euh, où vous avez réussi à quitter euh, le Japon Certains médias ont fait état d'une malle dans laquelle vous auriez été caché. All right. I kind of wish Ghosn had divided this into sections, maybe, an English section, Lebanese, French, but he's going back and forth. Quite impressive that he's pretty comfy, certainly a a person of the world, and just a 
facile everywhere, making a great case for himself, but uh, court of what? Mm, court of court of who? Public opinion is not what keeps you out of jail. Right, right. I don't know. In the meantime, the frantic buy in the NASDAQ is ins- kind of insane. The 5G stocks now caught fire. A lot of that is the excellent reporting we're doing from CES, where the underlying theme, again, is the technology is ahead of where we thought and that 5G is actually going to be in the numbers. I keep hearing that. I didn't think it would be in the numbers until what do you 2020. Mean in the numbers? What do you mean by that? It's going to actually show up in the earnings of some yes, of these companies. Yes, exactly. Just want to make sure I understand. No, no. And Colette Crest said something yesterday. She's a brilliant CFO uh, at NVIDIA. She was saying that artificial intelligence will be in the numbers. Inference will be in the numbers. Those are chips that think. Remember, you, one day we will go into a room of hologram figures that are programmed to tell us how great we look and how great we feel. I am not kidding. Did you see this Mercedes concept car that does away with the steering wheel? Just basically it gets controlled by your biometrics? This is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, obviously. That's stuff from CES, CES, can I just say, it's so exciting. <laughs> I wish I were someone who game, did gaming. Harmon's got these gaming spe- you know, gaming systems. I mean, I saw, what did I like about Harmon? They have a new boom box. <laughs> right. We should remind people, Harmon owned by Samsung. Right, but which, by the way, had a rough go of it because of semiconductor sales. Right, but they did say the numbers were better than Nabeth, again, not as bad right, as Right, this, this prelim number... Down 34, but still ahead of expectations. Where are all the negative, the housing people? Some people are getting smoked here today. The people who are short housing, there are a lot of people who feel that's peaked. Sorry. Uh, the people who were short the 5G because they just didn't think it would continue. No. And then uh, remember that uh, the airlines, Delta is up. How is that possible? Because oil's not up. It's uh, yeah, amazing time. Uh, UAL uh, taking this charge in Q4 for Hong Kong disruption, where, where travel demand has just been obliterated. Yeah, you know, I've been worried about a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses that are are in Hong Kong, and the one that I've been most concerned about was Estee Lauder. But Fabrizio Freire, an amazing CEO, has managed to be able to uh, uh, to offset it. Some companies are, are, can't. Are, are the home builders and Depot too? I should mention uh, outperforming because the bar for the Fed to tighten is so high, even though the ADP, and we'll see what Friday's job number brings. The orders are extraordinary, saying that the rates have definitely, uh, the lowering rates have definitely played a role. This is not the key selling season. That'll be in a few months. But the margins are going up, too, because the raw costs are all down. Are all down. They broke the raw costs. Uh, lumber's down a lot. Right. So you've got this kind of Best of all possible worlds. You got rates coming down. You got buyers coming out of the woodwork, which we didn't think could happen. They've inventory's got, tight still. Inventory's tight. So I mean, it, it, and then yes, ADP, the employment numbers. So I mean, I guess in some ways it's you have that Panglossian world. The Fed's not going to tighten. Housing's very strong. Retail's very strong. Job growth's strong. No inflation. Let's just remember the president does speak at 11 a.m. Eastern. What's he going to talk about? Um, he obviously will talk about the current status of the current situation with no, Iran. I, I, actually, I was doing I know a mind melt. And I mean, and the, you never know, uh, certainly with this president, where things can go during a, a, a potential press conference, right. at least, or an announcement. David, is it, does he have an ego system? But there is certainly hope, yes, that there will, that there will be words that sort of de-escalate or continue to de Well, obviously, that's what the stock's saying. The stock's saying that. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research 
in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.